We're rolling. All right, Cody, you're the captain now. You had your hat on last time. I'm now putting my hat and my life jacket on. You're the captain. Will I get a life jacket too? No. No? You're going down with the ship. (laughs) Okay. So I go down and I don't get to swim or float at all. I just, I'm there. You're the captain. You have to go down with the ship now. Have to. Have to. That's the rules. Well, my name's Cody. And I'm Tyler. Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people with opinions. What did we watch today, Tyler? We watched Ready Player One. What is that? That a... It's a movie. Ah, it's a movie. It is a film, a if you will. A film uh, about things. Uh, before we get into Ready Player One, I want I want to hear about the uh, the coming attractions. What trailers grabbed your... your uh, what do they call them? My... Attention? Yeah. <laughs> Attention, I guess. Yeah, that sparked my imagination. That really pulled me mm. in. Yes. Um, as you know, and as they will soon know, I'm very basic in my like of movies. So the one that I liked the most um, was Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War. It's the first time I've ever seen that trailer. That's, the trailer's been out for a while. That's about a movie. That's a movie that never ends, right? Yes. Infinity goes, Wars. It just... The war is infinite. Just keeps going. It does. Never ends. It was awesome. I'm very excited for it. You said you said that was the first time you'd seen the trailer, right? Yeah, and I'm you glad the first time it? I saw it was on a big screen in a movie theater. Yeah. Which I thought made it special. But Yeah, of everything, that, that definitely interested me the most. I mean, you got, you got a lot in that trailer. You got to see Peter Parker, the Spidey sense going. At the end, there was a the teaser for the Guardians... I mean, there was, there was a lot going on. I did notice one thing. You said Peter Parker with the Spidey sense. Yes. A lot of people have mentioned this to me, but having not seen the trailer, and also, at this point, sadly, having not w- taken the time to watch Spider-Man Homecoming yet. Oh. We'll get on... Th- we'll watch that later. <laughs> you haven't seen Spider-Man haven't Homecoming. Seen it. His Spidey sense is useless. His, like, he looks at his arms and his hairs are all stand up, and then he turns, and there's a giant ship. <laughs> of course, you know, you could have just turned and seen that. Right. Like, everyone else Everyone in the bus. else was already looking at it. Yeah. And he was like, maybe I should be looking at the thing everyone else is already paying attention to. Yeah, it's not, it's not very useful, it seems. Yeah. So, I did, I will agree with that point. I will say, these, these are some spoilers for <laughs> anyone else who hasn't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, but they don't touch on the Spidey sense much mm. in that movie. I don't remember hardly any, hardly anything about it, but yeah, I do need to watch that movie. But that's for a future podcast, maybe yeah. future one. That's like five weeks in the future from now. Yeah, maybe probably. less. Maybe. Uh, okay, what other trailers were? I don't even. I'm trying to think of any other trailers that happened. The best trailer, the movie I am most excited for, not the trailer that drew me in the most, but because I have watched it not only in the theaters but on my own at home alone in the middle of the night probably 200 times and that is the trailer for a quiet place oh yes oh my gosh i've never been more excited for a movie (laughs) i don't know why but it just i really like john krasinski yes i do like him as in an action role Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think i don't know if i've seen any of his action movies because he was in 13 hours 13 hours really sold me on him being an action star what else was he in he was in something else wasn't he was actiony oh uh jack ryan does that come out yet or is that coming out that's I 
Isn't he in the new Jack Ryan series? He is, he is the new he is Jack Ryan or whatever it is, the new main character of it. It comes out soon. It's a Amazon Prime show, I think, right? Oh, okay, I think you're right. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. But a quiet place from the very first time I saw that I was like, I'm gonna go see that because yeah. that seems really cool. Yeah, I, I do not do I don't fare well in horror movies. I don't enjoy horror movies, but I will say it looks it looks good. That is, is a very interesting premise. Very promising for uh, scary scary things will happen, I feel. Yeah. It, definitely. Because he's also, this is, if I'm not mistaken, his directorial debut as he well. He directed it? He's directing the movie. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Pull straight up Sylvester Stallone and Rocky, you know? Mm-hmm. Directing the movie he stars in. And I'm excited to see. I hope it's good because I'd love to see him in more movies. And yeah. it looks like it's directed very well from the little I've seen of the trailer. So I'm excited to see what else he does with other movies. I agree. That's an exciting one. Are there any other, any other trailers that grabbed your... We got there into the trailers. So I think we yeah, missed, we missed a lot of them. Too. Yeah. We yeah. walked in during the trailer for A Quiet Place. It was Worst trailer worst, to walk in. Worst trailer to walk Completely dark. No way to see what was going on in the theater. Couldn't and completely seats. silent. Completely silent, completely dark. And we roll up trying to find seats. Yeah. I'll take the blame on uh, showing up late. I know you were late, but I was also I was playing late. pinball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I... Uh, yeah. I just oh. forgot what time it was. Mere hours after texting you and asking yeah, you what time the movie was. You were just was. like, what time is the movie? Oh my god. All right. Well, you're pardoned. Thank you. Okay. Now uh, now let's talk a little bit about Ready Player One. Yes. That's the, what we're here for. It is what we're here for. All right. So I'm going to give you my uh, 30 seconds or less summary. All right. I'm going to tell you. All right. I'm going to time you. I'm oh, busting no. out the stopwatch. Now you have a watch. I've always had a watch since the day I was Mr. born. Mr. I forgot what time it was. You know what? Yeah, so, sorry. For those of you who don't know, every every show we spend two minutes throwing blame at Tyler. Yep. Yeah. It's a time honor tradition. Are you ready to time me? It it's it's about to be ready. It's, it's taking a bit ready. longer than I anticipated. Mm. Alright, ready? Go. Alright. Ready player one takes place in the year twenty forty five. Uh, in a world where everyone's poor, but they all have really in-depth VR headsets. Uh, everyone has VR headsets. Everyone's life is terrible, except they all live in the Oasis, which is an entire universe of video gaming. And the whole point of the movie is that the guy who made... What are you doing? Are you counting with your fingers? Is that it? I'm sorry, that's all, that's we, got. That's all we hear from All you know is it's about VR. That's all you need to know. Okay. It is a movie about a VR video game, so it was an interesting movie. Mm. Because you know more about movies, I know more about video games. A lot yeah. of that overlaps there. That's true. So the whole point is the guy who created the Oasis has died, and he left behind Easter eggs where you can find them and receive... And if you find all three, then you can receive all his shares in the company. Which is like if Bill Gates were to give you his whole everything basically mm, 
It's a lot more money than that, but yes. More money than Bill Gates. More money. Also, there was only one Easter egg, I'll have you know. There were three, three keys, keys to get the Easter egg. a long podcast. <laughs> I can already tell. <laughs> okay. It'll be a good podcast, though. Yeah, so what, uh, what are your first impressions? Tell me. Again, like I said, coming from more of... I recognized almost all of the video game references and mm. most of the movie references, but from a gamer perspective I appreciated it a lot and the way that it portrayed video games and all that I really I liked it a lot actually yeah I would say I would say I definitely I definitely did enjoy it very much a blockbuster feel it's not it felt like it was shooting for a really broad audience um story was I mean really the story wasn't bad enjoyable movie Although I will say, you know, there were some plot holes and some writing choices that kind of got in my way of really loving it. But I did think it was enjoyable and worth checking out if you're looking for a blockbuster. Yeah. I'll be interested to know once we get into the more spoiler section of the podcast where those plot holes were that yeah. you saw. Oh, I've got a few. So should we should we dive into a little more detail now? So if you're if you're looking to see the movie and you don't want things spoiled, now is your time to leave. Well before they before they leave so oh, if you don't leave to, yet. If it's not time. If you had to recommend, you know, going to see it in the theaters or going to rent it or just kind of passing on the movie, where would you stand on that? Is it worth going to see? <clears throat> worth waiting for? If you're interested in it and you're looking for something just to kind of get away for a little while, like, yeah, it, it's worth checking out in the theater. I think we didn't see it in 3D, but I would be interested to I, I think they did a good enough job with the effects that I bet the 3D was pretty good. So if you're that kind of person that enjoys that sort of movie, I think it's worth checking out. Um, if you're looking for like an airtight plot and something really thought-provoking, it might be one you can wait for. That's yeah. my thought. What do you think? I think it's definitely one of those movies that's worth seeing on a big screen with a really good sound system and everything because mm-hmm. they put, seem to put a lot of time and effort into the sound design and all that kind of stuff in a lot of sections of the movie. And uh, especially if you're a big... I kind of get the feeling if you're a big Steven Spielberg fan or a, like 80s, early 90s movies and video games fan, I would definitely recommend going to see it. All right. All right. I'm ready. I want to get I want to get into the nitty gritty. I want to get into the spoilers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Right. Boom. Spoiler things boom. on the screen. It's on there. Right there with <laughs> the right. boom. Yeah. There's a big boom. Spoilers. Well, I can't afford the boom. It'll just kind of like go into it'll send, just kind of appear on the screen send us money we'll give you a boom if we don't get any money you'll have to deal with the boom we give you yeah I can't afford the explosion special effect that's like $30 no, I'm not not Steven Spielberg exactly well Michael Bay I, that Michael been, Bay that would have been who I would have gone with for explosions, explosions but you went with Spielberg so that's fine alright okay so tell me tell me Tyler what's your favorite part what was the thing that you liked the most about it Do you know your favorite part? Like, My favorite part? Yeah, because I'm going to have to think about it for a second. I will say, you know, I think it was a really interesting and timely concept, which I think is maybe the reason Spielberg chose the project now. But now that VR is actually getting into people's homes, I thought that theme of, you know, when does virtual reality cross the line was really interesting. So I, I did like the premise of the world. As far as the nitty details of it, I might have had some more problems with the 
with the story, but I did I did like the idea of like, okay, let's jump ahead, you know, thirty years in the future and everyone's just kind of escaping into their own world. Um, I liked that part of it. I was thinking you were asking for a specific scene, so that's oh, a little no. bit easier for me. Fav- um my f- <laughs> Do you have a favorite nope. scene? No. Okay. So if we're going just a basic overtones of the favorite part, I really liked I liked how plausible it felt, like the world felt in a lot of ways, where it was definitely basin of the future where everything's different, but you could kind of see how we could get to that point. Yeah. So I liked that. It kind of helped me buy into the movie a lot more. All right. So. All right. Give me a, you seem to enjoy it pretty well. I think you liked it a little more than me, but tell me. What was kind of weak about the movie, or what what part didn't you like? Hmm. 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 Well, you here, you go first, because I Ooh. again I got to think about it. I know you had a lot that you didn't like about the movie, but <laughs> yeah. what? Try to pinhole on something, and then we'll get into more of the stuff. But what was your least favorite part of the movie? Least favorite part? There were a couple plot holes in the writing. And the two big ones I can think of are one big CEO guy. I forget his name. It started with an S, like Santoro or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he he like writes down his password on a little sticky. I loved that part. Okay, because no, no, you go ahead. All right, so why here's did my you problem. Like it? When it first pops up, it's this funny little joke, like oh he's an old guy in like a video game world, and he had to write down his password. I'm like that's really funny. But then on the side, you know, as someone who works in, like, for a technology company, I'm like, well, yeah, anyone at a C-suite level understands basic web security, and number one rule of web security is you don't write down your password. So that was, like, my... And then it became a really important plot device later, where he's able to hack into everything because he had his thing on a sticky note. Well, yeah, they wouldn't, like, no one who's the head of, like, the second biggest company in the world would be like, you know what, I've really got to put this somewhere where someone else could see it. And then along those same lines, later, late in the movie, when, uh, what's her name, girl? <laughs> what's the name of the main girl? Um, Akira or Samantha? Yeah, Samantha. She, when, she's Akira. Tra- when she's trapped. What was her, what was her screen name? Now I can't remember. But yeah, it was Samantha was her real name. So her real name is Samantha. When she mm-hmm. was trapped, all they have to, um, Artemis. Artemis. Akira was the, the like the date or ex-wife of the yeah the main CEO dudes yeah so the main girl Artemis is trapped all they have to do is be like by the way there's a button you can hit to get out if you have people trapped in a cell like why is there a button (laughs) that all you have you know like it just it was such like a simple like okay yeah I don't know why couldn't they have done some cool computer hacking so those were the two big things that kind of got in the way for me just as writing and story wise which is always really important for me so tell me uh so i'm still trying to think of my least favorite part of the movie but as far as those things i loved him having his password out because i also work for not a technology company but a company that focuses pretty heavily on security and everything because um 
they have a lot of corporate secrets that they want to protect. So even at the lowest level person, they stress that a lot. But you still go into the guys that have been there 50 years or something. No matter how much they've been told, they still have their password on a thing, like on a sticky note next to their computer. Yeah. And it showed me, like, this guy isn't a big tech company dude. He doesn't know video games. He doesn't know tech. He's just a corporate douche that Mm. managed to weasel his way into this position. Yeah. And it showed him as, like, oh, he doesn't really belong here because he has to put his password on a sticky note. Yeah. So I liked that. And as far as the the releases, the reason that was so believable to me is actually a stupid reason. But it's funny. <laughs> is I work in HR, so we talk all the time about safety. And in a real company, they would absolutely have to have an emergency safety release well, inside the cell. When that happened, it was it made me think of how trunks now, they have a little lever you can pull. They have like a little tab and you pull it and then the trunk pops open in case you're trapped in the trunk. Exactly. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But they're keeping prisoners. Well, they're but not I, really I, prisoners. It's they're trying to work off. It's an opportunity for them to pay off a debt. Like there's a billboard like offering people to move in there mm-hmm. and you work for the company. Sure. But you're essentially an indentured servant. Right. So you have to work. You're forced to work for certain hours. But that's the thing, is they throw you in that cell, they have to tell you, by the way, in case of emergency, press this button. Well, I think the big thing is, so legally how that would have to work and how it actually worked is a good show of how corporations do a lot of stuff in a lot of ways where probably in real, like, you know, there's OSHA standards and stuff, like workplace safety standards, they probably were supposed to tell them. And they probably weren't supposed to treat them like prisoners, but they did treat them like prisoners, and they didn't tell them about the emergency release, which I think kind of adds to them this vibe they were trying to go for. This is a a very oppressive corporate place in a time when corporations, because they're so big and they make so much money, are allowed to get away with anything now. Yeah. That's a good point. Do you think think the movie was anti-capitalism, or do you think that was just sort of... This is a bad guy with a bad corporation. I think it showed... um, One of the main themes that I thought that really was kind of rounded off at the end, which books do a lot, and this is based off a book, was um, balance, like everything in moderation, Mm -hmm. where you had the, uh, the Oasis and that company. That guy, he ran it kind of like He wanted it to be fun. It was a game, and he didn't want it to be this corporate thing where they charged for every tiny little, you know, thing in the game. They just wanted people to have fun. Like how how the internet is now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted people to be able to go to any of the planets. He didn't want to have advertisers everywhere. And then you have the bad side of the corporation where they just want to make money, and they're going to sell 80% because that's the max they can sell before people start having seizures. Yeah. You know, they want to sell 80% of the screen, and... It showed that even that one dude, even the guy who built the Oasis, he needed to find the balance of, they had to charge for some stuff, that's how you become successful, but you don't overdo it, and that's what separated those two companies, Mm -hmm. and like at the very end, again, we're in the spoiler territory, when he says like they shut down the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because you need to take a break, you need to, so... 
I thought they were going to go with the, oh, I'm going to, you know, when he showed him the button to kill the Oasis, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be like, oh, he's going to want him to press it and destroy the Oasis. And he's like, no, people need an escape. They need entertainment. And this is the best thing available. But they need to balance that out with the real life. Yeah. I did like that ending that he did. I thought that was a really cool choice for him to. Well, first off, I like that at the end he was like, okay this is my crew like we're we're all going to share this responsibility which was awesome and then that he sh- decided to shut down the oasis tuesdays and thursdays was really cool too and I, yeah i agree with that at the end it's like okay moderation in all things which is important to consider you know the the what's the name of the guy who made the oasis uh wasn't it harmond him it's gonna drive me crazy. I'm terrible at remembering names. I could love a movie and I'll forget every single person's name in the movie. I know. But I did think of my least favorite part of the movie. Okay, what is it? The race. The fact that the big clue is to go backwards. Bull crap. Every gamer knows the first thing you try on any race is to go backwards. Mm, so you think people would have known to do that? Oh yeah. That's the first thing you always try is you see, oh did the person who made the track put anything behind because they almost always do mm. so you go backwards and it's like oh now you've turned into a helicopter or something you know like that's every single racing game yeah see that's not one that i would have thought of yeah so i that part didn't actually bother me i was like oh okay cool although mm. can i tell you another thing that bothered me yeah go ahead let's go well, into what you bothered and i'll what bothered you and i'll try to defend the points that oh yeah poke you. holes in it yeah I'm just trying to... Okay, sorry. I'm just trying to find the name of the guy. Here, why not, I'll try to find it, and you can tell me the points that bothered you. Okay. I don't have my phone. Main so. guy. Oh, Is this guy Anorak? That's not his name. Hey, mm, I can't remember his name. So the main... Oh, that was... Okay. The main creator of the Oasis, the guy who played him, did a terrible job acting. I just... The character didn't make... I don't know. It was just the way he was acted out. I don't think the dialogue is necessarily bad, but you could tell he was trying to act. He was trying to act like an oh holiday. Yeah. Hallid. Halliday. Halliday. Okay, so the guy who played Halliday, he was trying to act like a socially awkward, you know, person who loves video games. But I don't know a single person that acts that way. It just it didn't work for me. It fell super flat. It was really distracting when he was trying to. You could tell, like, okay, see, people talk to him, and then he responds awkward. But it just, it didn't speak true to life in any way, and it just, it distracted me every time he was talking. I was like, oh, this doesn't, like I said, I don't think the dialogue was terrible, but definitely, I don't know if I should blame the actor or the director for letting that be, those were the best takes, and I was like, this doesn't, the chemistry between all this doesn't work. So that was another big problem of mine for Halliday, just... Oh, yeah, it didn't work for me. Uh, see, I've met people that act like that. Exactly like that, where they have that social awkwardness, but it's just enough that it's awkward to interact with them. But, you know, like he made the joke during the uh, the reveal of the Oasis, that video where it shows them coming out with the game. And he's like, if you'll reach under your seats, you'll find there's nothing there. But we're going to bring you some out in a minute. Like stuff See, like that, that. That one worked. That one actually worked okay. Yeah. Compared to something like, for example, he's working with his partner, 
And, like, afterwards, he was like, I wish we could just go backwards, like, really fast. Like, are you talking to him? Or are you just, like, talking to no one? Or I don't know. It didn't. The people I know who are like that, like, you break into their shell, and they're actually, they'll ramble on forever about what they're going to, and I don't know. I just, it didn't, didn't work for me. It didn't do much for me. Yeah. I think the backwards really fast thing is it, it showed later in the movie clear examples of him removing and changing things in his uh, diaries and where everything was recorded to mm. be the clue and I think that was changed because it almost looked like he was looking directly at the the monitor mm-hmm. so I think that was modified and I think that's why it seemed so weird in that like he wouldn't just be talking to himself but I wouldn't be surprised because like I said I've met people that um, they just they're even if you break into their shell that's just how they are like it's not they're not doing it because they're shy it's just because that's how they are mm-hmm. like they'll just zone out and then when they talk it, they say normal stuff they just say it slower and they can't make eye contact and things like that and I thought knowing how this guy is in real life I thought he did a pretty good job of playing the awkward dude and it showed he wasn't the Steve Jobs character he was just really good at what he did mm-hmm. so I actually liked that I thought it was cringy and awful to watch, but that's because when I actually interact with those people, it's like, all right, dude, you know, like they'll take forever to get through a sentence and you're like, all right, let's, you know, let's move it on. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, as far as how he talked and, you know, when they were talking about his date and stuff, you could, he was reluctant to come forward with details, Mm -hmm. but then you kind of see him like, kind of break out of it a little bit and be more friendly with his friend but the fact that they were best friends and he still acted that way around him was kind of like giving me the impression that he's one of the people that there is no shell that's just kind of how he acts yeah yeah he's just a a weird shy dude that's just quiet so because he didn't even really seem like he was a shy dude he was just quiet yeah Mm. Mm. and the zoning out thing which he did a lot which is the kind of person that's always thinking about something else he's never really concerned with your conversation yeah he'd rather be thinking about the next game he's designing than thinking than talking about serious problems with the company which you know they so in that after the Christmas party or whatever scene right let's uh I don't think there are any other big things that really bugged me, but Halliday's a big one. Those couple plot holes I talked about bugged me. I will say, you know, here's my favorite part, actually. Uh, I Rock, the character I Rock, who I would like to call Skull Chest. Oh, yeah. So his avatar. He's got, like, a purple face and, like, a hood. But then, like, his whole chest is just, like, a skull. And so it was, like, I rock, and I was like, I like the... I just saw Skull Chest every time I saw him. I was like, his name should be Skull Chest. But he actually had some decent lines. And he kind of turned me on to the movie a little bit more as it went on. I love T.J. Miller and everything he's in. What else is he in? Um, he's in... I know he's in Transformers for a hot minute. Oh, and then he, he was in Cloverfield. Yeah, I hated Cloverfield. 
Is it Big Hero 6? Oh, he's in Silicon Valley, okay. Yeah, that's his big, that he's in a lot, is that TV show. I hate Cloverfield. So much. Yeah, no, I really liked him. Most of his lines worked pretty well, all things considered. Um, I gotta say, I wasn't like, I don't think I was really in love with the main character. Wade? He was, yeah, Wade, or Parzival is his screen name. I don't think he was a bad character, I just, I was like, alright, cool. He's a dude. He's always in the Oasis. Knows a lot about the Oasis. Well, I wonder if some of that comes from the book. I haven't read the book because I wanted to see the movie and then read it. I didn't want to read it and then see the movie. Yeah. Um. But I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I could be completely wrong on this, that he's written kind of like a generic game protagonist is. Where that makes sense. You're supposed to project yourself onto him, so it's a very flat character yeah so that you can put yourself in that in his shoes and like link yeah i'm just like okay i went with link. i thought of master chief Ma- yeah master chief yeah just or uh gordon freeman from uh half-life yeah so like any of those guys like they're deliberately written with almost no dialogue or no dialogue and no personality because you're supposed to put yourself in their shoes and think that you are that person so I think that yeah. might be kind of the result of that. And that makes sense. Because there's always the different, like, anytime you're talking about Dungeons & Dragons or video games, you've got, like, the average build, average dude. You've got, like, the small, fast girl. You've got the big, bulky guy. You've got, you know. And they had all of that. And he was definitely the average, normal dude, like you would see. It. He was the player character. Exactly, yeah. So that that does make sense. I will say I, I liked Artemis a lot better as a character. I thought she was actually, you were kind of interested in who she was. Like, oh, she's kind of a rebel. She's looking for the keys as well, but she's not involved with the corporation. And um, I liked it. My only problem with her (laughs) is that there's the part where she's like, this is just my avatar. This isn't what I really look like. You wouldn't like me. And then she's totally adorable in real life. I know. All right, so what's your deal? She has like the best looking birthmark I've ever seen someone have. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Anyway, that was my only problem with her. Other than that, I really liked her character. Yeah. Yeah, I did really like her. She's a good one. She's cool. Yeah. I think H was my favorite. You like H? I like H a H lot. H was pretty cool. H was dope. I identify a lot with the style of gamer H was. Yeah? And what is that? Just the... Like, your friends log... Like, he logs on for the first time, and H is just on the planet of doom like just mowing yeah. through enemies and i'm yeah. like yes this is like like my favorite thing is just being like the total like badass in every game i can be and oh, it's yeah. like my favorite part of doing it is just living that like big lifestyle in those games and doing that way but yeah people were commissioning him to make these really cool vehicles and you could fix anything and yeah oh uh, let me stop you right there cool. him it was a her thank you very much her okay which i called immediately Spoilers. i was like oh, this is gonna be a girl yeah I mean, that's the other thing too is when he first talked about that like she could be some middle-aged dude named chuck like i i thought for sure he was gonna get catfished from the very beginning i was like oh uh artemis is gonna be and so i do appreciate that they brought it up because as soon as like well she's an avatar she could be anything but it was it was funny that i thought that they kind of they addressed that in a really funny way. It was like, hey, a four-year-old dude living in a basement. His name's Chuck, you know? Yeah. Which, I, which I appreciated. I thought it was going to go more the route of um, Artemis. They were going to meet Artemis, and she was going to be super hot. 
and then he was going to be H, and she was going to be, like, average-looking, but be like, oh, I love you, and they were going to go fall in love and stuff. Oh, uh, like there would be a love triangle going yeah, on? Yeah, but I kind of appreciated they didn't go for that, because that seems way more complicated than this movie goes. This was more, you know, yeah, simple, straightforward, kind of, these are the bad guys, these are the good guys, there's no morally ambiguous characters. The other thing about that, I know that the actress who plays... Uh, H is a lesbian and before they reveal that she's a woman there's the bit where they're in the shining world and then you know there's that scene from the shining where there's the lady that comes out of the bathtub um, and she's all naked and then there's like almost this sexual encounter but then she turns gross Mm -hmm. anyway and there's that part where H is like I guess I'll just roll with this like whatever which I think is what Jack Nicholson does in the shining what his character does in the shining so I wonder if it was almost if they just kind of slid that in a little bit where you're like, oh, well, she is a lesbian, but yeah. they never went out and said it. But I just I just wonder about that because I know the actress is and like she's in Master of None, which is on Netflix, and she plays a lesbian in that show too. Is she the girl from? Uh, she's from Saturday Night Live because I feel like that no. girl is much older than her. No, that's Leslie Jones. Okay, yeah. So they look very similar and. Uh, they sound very similar even that's why I was like is that her and they just made her look younger but no okay yeah um let's talk a little about the effects Mm -hmm. what were your thoughts on like the visual effects the building of all you know there's a ton of CG involved in a movie like this yeah I thought they I really liked them because I thought they made the correct approach in that they made it look like a video game Mm-hmm. So, they didn't try to make everything look hyper realistic. They made it look like video game graphics today, which is you know I think made it look a lot better than it would have had they tried to make look everything super realistic. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now that I'm looking, I didn't think about this so much when I was in the theater because I'm I tend to be focused on the writing and the story of it all. But really, the visual effects and the action was actually pretty well done. They even have spots where you see where you see the physical person doing some of the actions and then you see it happen in in uh, in the oasis. But all that really it was really pretty well done. I wasn't I never really got distracted by the graphics or the CG, which normally I do. Normally I'm like, "Oh my goodness, it's so much computer effects." But it was actually yeah, pretty well executed all in all. Yeah. It makes me almost wonder if they, for some of them, I know, I'm sure for a lot of, especially like video game characters and stuff, they went with, they looked at how those things look and act in the engine and just copied that and however they were doing the animation. Mm -hmm. But it was also things like the Iron Giant was very simple and they made it look like he did in the cartoon. They didn't try to make it look like, oh, you're right up on it and you see the like the steel shine and stuff. They didn't do the Michael Bay version of the Iron Giant. They just did the Iron Giant. They were like, what would it look like if in VR chat, which is a popular kind of like the grandfather of what this is saying, you know, like what the Oasis will, I'm sure it'll come out eventually something like the Oasis and VR chat's just the crappy version of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they thought like, well, if someone had an Iron Giant skin in VR chat it would just look like the cartoon so let's just make it look like a little better than that a little more realistic than that 
but it's people are going to want it to look like it did in the cartoon not like you're looking at an actual metal giant and the same with all the other like licensed characters i feel like like tracer looked like tracer from overwatch not she like she did her blink or she yeah. zips forward it doesn't look point. like someone dressed up as tracer it looked like the game character tracer yeah so there were some people who were super hyper realistic and there's some people who were just looked like their cartoony game graphics or yeah. like an old cartoon from a tv show or a movie yeah the only one i think and this it's been a long time since i've seen gundam but the gundam guy i don't know if he was quite kept true to that just but like it's been a while since i've seen gundam but i remember playing one of the games and maybe just because it was an old playstation game but you do like the shifting forward and side to side and in this one he was doing like flips and he was holding his instead of holding his sword like i remember him holding it just like a normal sword he was holding it uh what would you call that just off to the side and off of to forward. the side instead yeah. of forward and there were things like that where i was like i don't know if gundam would actually do that then again his character his avid the guy controlling him was like the ninja guy yeah so i get that i mean i've I haven't played a lot of gundam i've seen a lot of trailers and played a little bit of the newer gundam games and they are way more complicated than they used to be you can do flips and do all, everything yeah. he did is possible to do in the newer games yeah and i think even like him stabbing and dragging down on the big uh mecha godzilla mm-hmm. like those are all like takedown moves and stuff in yeah. the gundam games so that was cool i liked mecha godzilla yeah Mechagodzilla. definitely looked a lot better than the old mecha godzilla yeah. i remember yeah that's <laughs> just true. a dude in a tinfoil outfit <laughs> yeah uh, that's another thing. I don't know if it bugged me so much, but I guess my question to you is, like, how many callbacks and '80s video game things do you have to put in a movie to make it good? Part, at times, I was like, it's a little forced, it's a little overwhelming. Other parts, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. They add that in there, and it almost it makes me think. Now that I'm talking about it, it, makes me think a little bit of like Wreck It Ralph. You're like, okay, here's this fake video game world, and there's like two or three actual, like, there's like Cubert and then the guy from Street Fighter, but everyone else is made up. Yeah. Whereas this one, it did have a decent amount of, I mean, well, really, it had a ton of licensed material, and was it overwhelming? Was it distracting? Was it fun? What, what was your take? Well, I think if you look at it from a movie perspective, you know, or like if you look at it from, if there was no book, if they were just making a movie about video games, and 80s pop culture like yeah they could have done a little more original stuff and stuff and things like that but if you think about it like this stuff exists it just doesn't look nearly this good there are games or vr games and uh, rpgs and mmos and stuff where you know you're going to fight the basilisk with all your friends and you turn to your right and turn to your left you're not going to see two generic rpg characters you're going to see samus and link you know mm-hmm. holding swords and a shield like everyone they, that's what you want you want to use that licensed skin so i thought it's very realistic the thing that was unrealistic was just the generic you know no real skin people in my opinion yeah whereas you know like he had an anime skin that seemed like it was straight Almost out like of Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he looked like he had a Final Fantasy like fifteen skin, which I was like, that's very. There's tons of people who pick Final Fantasy characters, you know, or yeah. they pick, you know, some random cool like the Skull Chest, as you call Skull it, Chest or Irock. I want. Like, I really want a spinoff of just him and Steven Spielberg. If you're listening to this, 
I want you to write and direct a Skull Chest movie. I want you to change his name to Skull Chest. <laughs> and I don't want you to address it in the movie. I just want a Skull Chest movie. Well, that's his new name after he respawns. That's his new Skull changes Chest. his name. Right, because he gets zeroed out, loses everything, starts over anew as Skull Chest. Exactly. I like yeah. this. Yeah, so people, that's the kind of stuff people pick and the stuff people want to do. You know, you always think, at least I do, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, of you're watching a movie and you're like, why? You've seen it for the hundredth time and you're like, why do you make that decision? Why? I wish I could play the movie like a video game and make a different decision. <laughs> so when stuff gets this good, that's what people want to do. They want to play as those characters and change the decisions they make to make mm. the movie turn out the way they want it to. Yeah. So that was all very believable to me. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, if we just started listing them off, you've got. They talk about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They talk about Animal House. They talk. They have a reference to. What's that old? Um, the old movie. There's a lot of references. Orson Welles. Orson Welles, the old old movie. Orson Welles, the old old movie. You're talking about Rosebud. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. They talk about. They reference Citizen Kane, The Shining, Ferris Bueller, uh, Breakfast Club, stuff, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halo, Batman. Oh, are you just trying to list off all of I'm just stuff? listing off all the ones that I can oh. remember off the top of my head. I mean, it's Car is back, the, back to the Future. Back to the Future. Iron Giant. Iron Giant. I mean, it's every, even like little stickers here and there, they had stuff from the 80s. Yeah, every Atari game. All the Atari games. I mean, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the the book. That was the whole point of it. So I, that's the whole point of the movie, too, is that this, the whole thing is written as a, like a love letter to mm-hmm. the 80s pop culture. Yeah. You know? And then the movie and I think the book does it too just kind of like well there's people that look at things like Halo which is much newer but they look at it with the same love that people much older people look at Galaga and Pac-Man and Adventure and these older games Mm -hmm. you know they look at the original Halo and they want to play as Master Chief right so just like those people want to play as the block Uh (laughs) from Adventure (laughs) yeah so yeah, that's they just kind of took that and said, okay, well, this is 2040s, so there's people that will look the things that we're that we're growing up with right now um, are as far away for them as Atari and stuff is for us right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that's. That's why there's references to literally everything in there. Because that's the whole everything. point. It's just a, a love letter to pop culture in general. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. That's the point of the movie. And that was the point. It was the point. The point was to go and see references to a lot of 80s things. Yeah. And I think... They did a good job in the references. Like, if you were a big 80s fan, I think it's, like, 80s movies fan Mm -hmm. and video games and stuff, I think you'll be happy with the references they chose to make. And the music, too. Oh, the music was good. Yeah, a lot of the songs that they picked. Yeah. Mm. I also liked the original. Like, just all the original soundtrack stuff that they did, I thought that was all real good. Like, all the music. 
I think the best music in the movie was during the Shining part. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen The Shining. Yes. I was going to try to gloss over that and get through the podcast. That's a joke in the movie is that they're mad at the one friend who hasn't seen The Shining. And now you're that friend. I'm the friend who hasn't seen The Shining. And aren't you so happy that now we can do a future podcast on The Shining? together. It's one of the few horror movies I I actually enjoy. But it's because it's from Stanley Kubrick. It's not a horror movie from Joe Schmo. They're just trying to put something out for Halloween. It was master filmmaker tackling a horror film. Soon oh, we'll see yeah. a quiet place, and now you'll and then you'll have oh, two. No, and then you'll have I'm two. I'm not going to do have. well with the quiet place. You're going to do so good. I'm going to. F- That's going to be a rough two hours. It's going to be fun. Gonna be real rough for me. I'm going to. We're going to need to invest in some teddy bears. I'm gonna need a snuggie. <laughs> we're gonna need we need it to suit up for this thing because I I don't do well. Mm. I'm excited. But back to Ready Player One. Uh, yes, back to Ready Player One. All right, what else? What else did you love? What else did you hate? What else stuck out to you? I mean, yeah, I just I liked the whole movie. I liked it a lot. As far I. I know it's unsatisfying for me to just say I liked the whole thing, but I mean, there's just like being a huge nerd and growing up watching those '80s movies and playing those '80s video games because all my siblings were so much older than me and I got their hand-me-down stuff. Yeah. So like just growing up with all that stuff and then liking the newer stuff as much as that older stuff, it was. I liked all the references. I really liked how, like, the big battle scene at the very beginning of the movie and at the end. Mm. I like how those were shot, and they looked cool, and they had that video game vibe of, you know, like, the people who were really good were, like, completely invincible, and everyone else was just getting trashed. Sure. You know? And then even, like, the douchebag, like, his aunt's boyfriend. <laughs> Rick. Rick. I remember this because as soon as he popped up on screen, I was like, oh, I don't like that guy, number one. Number two, Rick is the perfect name for your aunt's boyfriend. <laughs> like that is the they live in a trailer. He's the boyfriend of of his, you know, parent figure. And wow, is like they nailed it. Terrible guy, his name's Rick. If your name is Rick, I'm sorry, but you have a terrible name. I mean, I'm not gonna comment on that. That can be Cody's opinion and his alone. But it's like I am entitled to have. We're the opinion havers. We are the opinion that havers. Is my, I will not. I'll not apologize for my disdain of all Ricks. Also, I'm looking back. I only know one guy named Rick. And do you like him? Uh, he's actually a good guy. Oh, that. He, I think. I would like the, to officially, on Cody's behalf, roll back his statements about Rick. <laughs> No. I what no, but what you were, what were you uh, saying about Rick just like, before he's, he's using the cheap gloves and he dies and then he blames the gloves for them dying and it's such so, a yeah. you know, like, Oh my controller was lagging out, that's why I lost, not because I suck at the game. Right. And just how lost so many people got in the game, which isn't a good side of gaming, but it does happen that he spent all their house money on the upgrades. They're living in a trailer, they had money to save up for a house and he blew it on upgrades to try to make some quick bucks online yeah which i mean i did think they very tactfully tackled the good and the bad of gaming you know showing people who 
had balance in their lives and people who just didn't. Right. The people who were completely lost in the game. And both those things happen, and some people have a genuine problem with gaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I would argue that Wade had a problem with it. Oh, definitely. Like, that's he the was, only thing we know about him. Yeah. Like, he was he, old. Like, I thought he was, was like, policy. 16, 17. But he said he was born in 2025. Oh, I thought he was 18, but he was 20. F- How old was he? 20? I, th- I think he was 20. He was in his 20s. No, wait. Because when was he born? I thought it was 2025. 2027? Was it 2027? I think it's 2027. So then that makes him 18. Okay. Okay. But just like the fact that... He's 18. I mean, what does he do? Does he go to school? What's no. All we know about him, and yeah. maybe this plays into the whole, oh, he's just a generic player character, but all we know is that he sneaks off to his thing, and he does the Oasis. Yep. And, uh, I mean, he researches, I forgot the guy's name, Har... Hall- Halliday. Halliday, he, he knows everything about Halliday. He's good at the game. Yeah, which, to be fair, you could interpret that as, it seems very obvious that Oasis coin has become the new big, like, currency kind of like how bitcoin is now it's a cryptocurrency yeah where and you earn that by playing the game but you know it shows that he didn't have a lot of coin so it see i don't think that's how he made money Mm -hmm. um because like you said at the at the beginning of the race scene he had a spot at the front but he had to go to the back to skim coins off of cars that crashed yeah and you just barely had enough gas to make it through the race right so I think he was just trying. He was putting all of his eggs in finding the Easter egg. All his mm. eggs in the Easter egg basket. Putting all his eggs into the other egg. I don't know how much you know about eggs. Real hard to get an egg inside of another egg. It is possible though. I could show you some YouTube videos. <laughs> Go ahead and send us your best <laughs> egg nesting video. Egg nesting. What? A, I mean, you're putting an egg in an egg. <laughs> okay. All right. One thing. I was gonna say something else that bugged me. Mm. There's something else. There's one other was thing. It? Hit me with this thing. I forgot what it was, but that, there, I thought it was something else. I really enjoyed, and now I can't remember what it was. You got me off on eggs. You know how I get. Oh, you do get off on tangents a lot. Mostly with eggs. Mostly with <laughs> eggs. It's like ninety percent. Of what is on your bookshelf is eggs. Actually, no, that's not true. Because there's also the, the, what was it, the the rowing machine statistics. I know a lot about rowing machine statistics. The eggs. Eggs. And there was something else. What, what uh, else is on your bookshelf? I think it was monkey unemployment. Monkey unemployment, yes. All unemployment those three rates. things. Really, anyone in the animal kingdom, throughout any animal, I'll tell you the unemployment rate mm-hmm. um, yeah, as per the 2000s. What aardvarks? Aardvarks, uh, they actually do very well. Their unemployment is at 3%. Mm, that's not bad. It's great. It's really good. Yeah. Not good for that 3%, but it's good for the other percent. Well, right, but when you know you can say three, anything under 4%, that's that is a good unemployment rate. That's pretty good. You right. think about it. I think you know, people move jobs, people get fired. Only 3% of people that want work are out of work. Good for aardvarks. It is good for them. Good for the aardvark population. If there's an aardvark listening to this podcast... Good for you. Good for you. Unless you're part of the 3%, then that kind of sucks. Then that really sucks. I feel you. But were there aardvarks in Ready Player One? The answer is no. (laughs) The answer is no. I don't recall a single aardvark. They're not really representing very well. Um, All right, Cody, take the helm back of your ship. This is your ship this week. I know this is my ship. The problem is I can't remember the thing that bugged me. 
It was something about the writing. Mm. Something that was written that I didn't like. Was it dialogue or was it just a... It was something. Tell me something else you liked about it. I will say, as far as directing goes, Spielberg did a decent job with it. Well, here's... Spielberg had a movie come out for award season. He directed The Post, which was nominated for a few Academy Awards. And now, how many months later is this? He has another movie coming out. Really strange. I mean, it, when, what, six-month window? He had two movies come out? Yeah. One one Oscar bait movie and then one blockbuster? That's kind of strange. Well, I bet you this one was filmed. Long-term project. Uh, well, it was filmed, I'm sure, a long time ago. Because I remember hearing about when um, he took up the cause of getting this movie made. And it was a big deal because everyone's like, oh, now it's definitely being made. Right. Because he can, just by his name, bring most of the properties to the film. Yeah. Um, so I think his main involvement in the like the actual filming process was a long time ago, whereas the post, which is you kind of film it, edit it, and then it's out. This one had to be filmed, and then all the effects done, and then edited, and then... Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot more. The fact that most of the movie is animated, yeah, I think made it take much longer. I'm sure. So he probably did this first, and then the post, and the post just came out first. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if the post suffered because of it. Because honestly, I didn't think it was great. I never saw. I thought it. it was good, but I did not think it was great. I don't think it deserved best picture nomination. Mm. Also, Allison Brie was in it. She only got like five minutes of screen time. She's that's hot. a crime. That She's is a crime. Really She's big. a treasure. She's very good looking. Yes. A very pretty lady. She's a very pretty lady, and I think she's a pretty good actress too. She's that too. She's that too. So Spielberg, next time you get Allison Brie in your movie, you better better utilize her. I mean, I'd rather him just make the Halo movie he's been supposed to have been making for years now. Well, wasn't that originally going to be Peter Jackson, and then that fell through? And I think it was always Peter, uh, Steven Spielberg, but he came on on E3 and he announced announced the Halo that, movie that he was going to be making it, and everyone lost their minds, including myself. Mm. And actually, it might have been a TV show, not a like a series, not, yeah, like a series, not a uh, movie. But Ridley Scott made a Halo series. Was it like a animated? No, live action. Apparently, it wasn't very it good. Ridley Scott? Yeah, that man. Is everywhere and nowhere at once. Yeah, and if I had just shown you the thing, like the video, the, the episodes, and asked you who made it, you probably would have guessed Ridley Scott. It's very Alien, really? Prometheus vibes from it. I uh, I have not seen Alien. I've not seen Prometheus, <gasps> but I have seen what? I have I have seen a lot of Ridley Scott's films, and I'm a big fan. Okay, so I haven't seen Shining. You haven't seen Alien. Everyone, go to Twitter. Let us know mm-hmm. which is the worst crime. Not seeing aliens. <laughs> not having alien. seen Alien. Or not having seen The Shining. Which is worse. Which is worse. Feel like... What's the, what's the Twitter that they need to go to to tell that to? Opinion Havers. At Opinion Havers. At Opinion Havers. On Twitter.com. On the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twit at us. Yep. <laughs> Send twit. us a twit. Twit right at him. <laughs> I want you to tell me about it. Um, this is going to drive me crazy if we end this podcast without me telling you about that thing that really bothered me. Let's just have a moment of silence and you think. Moment of silence. All right.
scared me with your exhale. Well, I'm trying. You've had your moment. That was a moment. <laughs> that what was is it? it? I, was, I needed more time. I was okay. You still haven't thought of it. I don't have it. Well, let's you know. Let's let's keep talking about the movie instead of sitting here in silence. Yeah. And let's uh, tell me, uh, you know, what what else were you supposed to talk about? We we've made a very professional looking outline of what we need to talk about. We did. And we've talked about most of it. Um, I mean, we could talk a little bit more of the performances. Acting. Actually, anyone, I, anyone stood out to you? Anyone? What were you going to say? You said I have. What do you have? Well, who stood opinions? out to me was the person, ironically, that the first episode of this podcast was about a gem of a movie called Thoroughbreds. Ah, yes. The same actress is in this movie. Isn't that crazy? Last week we saw a movie. This week's on movie. She was in both. She was and in I both. didn't even realize until after we were talking about it and had no clue. I would argue the lead actress in both. Actually, meh. It could be argued in Thoroughbreds. It could be argued. They were co-leads. Considering, she's got some range. <laughs> when you consider how widely different those movies were, how widely different those characters were. Yeah. Really impressive. But I think it speaks to how well she acted in Thoroughbreds that anytime she had showed emotion in this movie, I thought she was faking it. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, you're a sociopath. You have no idea. What yeah, it seemed about. like she was genuine. I'm not saying it seemed forced or faked. I'm just saying, like, I thought that, oh, she's doing a really good job of faking it. And then I had to remind myself that the actual person has emotions. <laughs> she is actually. She's actually a, human a normal person. human being. <laughs> yeah. No, she actually did a really good job. Olivia yeah. Cook. Olivia Cook. Shout out to you, Olivia. Go, go if you're listening Olivia. to this, big fan. Big fan. I'm excited to see what you do next. Yep. Very exciting. But I did like her. I think she was the most compelling. Uh, I almost. There were points in the story where I thought maybe she's gonna win. Maybe she's gonna get. Okay. I thought of the thing that bothered me. I did it. Go. Tell me this thing. Here's the thing. Go. Okay. So the end. First, of all, it's one of those movies where like. You're like, it's ending. And then, like, there's five minutes go by, and you're like, okay, that wasn't it. And then you're like, okay, no, this is the ending. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But he gets all three keys, right? Right. You go, we go through, like, a five-minute scene of them being on the bumpy road and people bumping into their car. And so he takes, like, five minutes to get all three keys turned, which is like, okay, great. Finally got through that. He got through the door. Now we know what's going on. Finally, he's going to talk to the guy. And then he turns that down. Well, at the end, he literally gets an egg. Like, the Easter egg is a literal egg. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand the significance of the glowy golden egg. Was there some information that I missed that he got out of it? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> really? Are you mean, like, the fact that his hand was glowing and, like, the dude that was going to shoot him saw the glow? Or No. What was the egg for? It was the egg. You get a literal egg. That was, it was like, Literal yes. keys <laughs> to get a literal egg. Yes. It was, was lost on me. Because the Easter, the very first Easter egg that he has to find to win the last key is you find out the creator of the game's real name. Yes. Okay, but this one, the Easter egg is just an egg. How many games is it like, here's a literal egg. This None is what of you them. have won. None of this. That's what That's I didn't what... get. And it's not just that it was the egg. It's that he was looking at the egg and it was like, wow, it glows. It's an egg. But what's the significance? The significance was it was him. He got the item that means he won. I think that's what they were going for is that the egg was an item that he now had that meant he won. But it's also what did you want it to do? 
put his name up on the screen. Put you the know, re- he pops creator. up and it's like, okay, here's the here's the contract sign out. Like, okay, that's the you know the prize, the Easter egg, the prize is that you get everything for the company. But instead, it was like, oh, you didn't take the contract. You passed the test. Awesome. Here's an egg. But then he still signs a contract anyway. So that's well, what I didn't get is like egg. The egg was disappointing to me, and it was such a played moment with the glowing and everything, and then it was like, okay, but it was just an egg. What do you do with that? Tell me, how do you... You win a glowy egg. Right. It transfix, You're transfixed upon it. Beautiful, mm-hmm. it glows. Everyone's freaking out. How do you display that trophy? I would put it in my house. Yeah, but I mean, are you putting it in a glass box? Are you putting it in some velvet? What do you... What does that look like? I would put it on a very nice Fabergé egg stand. Because they have very oh, fancy yeah. stands. And I would put it, if I was going to go super fancy with it, yeah, on a marble pedestal, mm. on a pillow, on top of the marble a pedestal. pillow, even. What, what color Stay pillow? Purple. <laughs> you were ready with that. You yeah. knew. You saw With gold tassels around it, but oh, like the, the frills pillows. and then the tassels on each corner. Oh, yeah. And the stand on the pillow and then the egg on the stand inside of a bulletproof glass box. Uh, like a Popemobile for your egg. Exactly. Because that's how I've seen people display real Fabergé eggs in movies. And that's how I would display it. I, see, here's how I would do it. I would get a super modern, minimalistic, like, three-pronged, like, charcoal gray metal thing that the egg just sits on. And it, like, sits in the corner. That's what I would do. I feel like we had the opposite. When I was super minimal, and you were like, let me do the whole... It belongs in a museum, fancy, rich person egg. Yeah, because he is a rich person. That's true. But yeah, I think a lot of it, like, the whole glowing thing was, it was he'd won. And they needed him to sign a card in real life. That's one of the things, like I said, the world felt grounded. Is like, in the video game, the guy was like, okay, sign the contract. Oh, I hated contracts. That was part of the test. I wanted to make sure you weren't some corporate douchebag, because then you would have failed. Because mm-hmm. that dude would have just signed it immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, So the fact that he was like, okay, here's the egg. And then the lawyers came and they're like, okay, but really we need to do a bunch of paperwork. You know, we have to actually sign the company over to you. That just kind of added to something, the reality of it, which I appreciated. The fact that the dude drew his gun on a bunch of kids, Mm. got him arrested. I'm glad the police finally showed up because I feel like so much of the movie you're talking about how this it's this corrupt company and they have these indentured servants they're getting away with so much i was glad to see at the end like okay there are police because yeah. <laughs> the whole movie i was like where is law enforcement yeah for all well, it comes this? down to like stuff like the indentured servant thing comes it's a lot of like you can kind of bribe your way out of that but like yeah. openly drawing your gun on people and threatening to kill them in front of a bunch of people yeah the world's watching at that yeah. point like it doesn't matter how rich you are you're gonna get arrested and probably go to prison for that. Oh yeah, because it just that's against the law, and there's so many people that watched you do it. There's just no getting away with it. Yeah, and the fact that you admitted, like they had the recording of him admitting to blowing up the the stack. Right. And it's just like okay, you just you can't get away with that. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like if they had gone the normal near future dystopian sci-fi route, he would have gotten away with it somehow. Oh yeah. But so I, the egg, the whole glowing thing, like the reason that the guy like stopped when he saw the glow was he lost at that point. The kid had won. He owned the company. There was no like killing him wasn't going to. He was the official egg holder. Yeah. 
And once you hold the egg, that's it. Yeah, it was the whole thing. So I think that's part of why it was the whole egg was to give like a a physical thing to point it around. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's in the book again, you know. I'd like to read the book and then maybe talk about it again yeah. <laughs> at some point. You don't have to. I'd like to read the book. Alright. I got three things. I thought of three other things that bugged me. Okay. I'm gonna poke these three we don't have to talk about it at length. Okay. Three things. One, Doom World. The beginning like you go to Doom World, super high risk, you can die and lose everything, or you can win a bunch of coin because you kill people. So in the beginning I was like, Oh, okay, so you can only die in Doom World. But then that wasn't it, obviously. But then later on, when they're going to assassin, I was like, why wouldn't you just walk around capping people in the back of the head and taking their stuff? If you can murder anyone anywhere and take all their stuff? Mm-hmm. Or, like, or is Doom World the only place where you earn their coins? And in other... That's what I didn't get. I was like, why wouldn't you just go around murdering people? Why wouldn't there just be, like, these crazed mass killings of people? Well, I think it's a lot of... A very... Okay. It's a much more simple concept than I'm going to use as the example. Mm. But it's the same reason why. So you could go and kill someone in real life and take all I their stuff. I would never. But you could. Okay. Theoretically. How? Just kidding. Just tell me. Just take them out, man. <laughs> okay. Just go up and just take them out and take sure. all their stuff. And there will be consequences for that. But let's say for this magical scenario, this is a. These are heavy philosophical mm. topics I'm about to get into. All right. That you remove all laws and everything. There's no law enforcement. There's no cops. Okay. There have been times in the world where there was no law enforcement. There were cops. Most people don't go around killing each other randomly. Because there's that mutual contract of we're not going to kill each other. All right. Here's my thought now to tie it all together. Sort of like video games, you've got deathmatch, you've got campaigns. Mm-hmm. Some people love to play deathmatch and just go around and kill each other. Other people, they want a story. Other people, they want to play co-op. Other people, you know, so it's, it's sort of like that. Yeah. So there were places where it's just, you know, a ring to fight, and then there are other places where you, you know, you can go surfing in the Oasis. You could go dancing at the Oasis. So Yeah, and it's just kind of, you make in games, especially there's this happens in a lot of online games, like take uh, World of Warcraft. Did you ever play World of Warcraft? No. I'm vaguely familiar, though. So in World of Warcraft, you have the Alliance and the Horde. Mm. Anywhere in the world, you can kill each other. But there are certain areas that the people who want to kill each other congregate and they fight. And so that's kind of how you get around it in those games is, you know, like when I played, I one of the characters I started, you know, I started up as a, as a, t- a tauren and I was in the beginning town and there was this elf that showed up. And he was very high level, mm. and he would just—he just sat there. He danced on a table, and if he just would randomly decide I don't like your name, he would just kill you because <laughs> he could do that. And we were all level one. There was no way we could fight back against him. So we uh, sounds like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, he it was kind of psycho. Crazy. But his friend was also a horde member, so they were friends, and they were sitting there dancing. But sure. to kind of eventually we convinced a couple of us escaped because he would stop people from leaving <laughs> and went to <laughs> we went to the next hostages town. watching him dance on a table <laughs> exactly but we went over to the next I town I take back everything I said about him being a psychopath he sounds awesome <laughs> <laughs> we went to the next town and we found uh, a dude that was way higher level than him mm-hmm. 
And we just, a bunch of us got around and we were like, please, man, this elf is killing everyone. Please just come and kill him real quick. We'll help you kill him. And you can have all of his stuff. We just want to be able to move on. And we finally convinced him to come. Him and a, and he got his whole clan to come. And they just descended on him <laughs> and tore him apart. And that dude lost everything. Yeah. You know, he had like some really good gear and he had tons of gold and all this stuff. And because he was being a tool... Everyone pounced on him, and he lost it all. So that's part mm. of why you wouldn't do that in it's that a kind whole of community. Game. Yeah, like if someone was just randomly there going around. social consequences. Yeah, just like any community. Yeah, so you don't want to just be randomly capping people in the back of the head because then you're going to get capped pretty quick. Yeah, the community will band together to take you out. Yeah, and then we don't know there may like have the been hobbits at yeah. the end of Return of the King. Exactly. They just pounce on you. Yeah, and there may have been consequences that weren't outlined. One of those things where in the book they may have mentioned why people don't kill each other. Yeah. But that's just kind of a boring, nobody cares for a right. movie, so. And it's already long enough. There's only so much exposition. Yeah. Okay, my other two things. All right, I'll try not people to be as long. People who are egg hunting, who are trying to get the Easter egg, are called gunters. Terrible name. Egg <laughs> hunters. Egg hunters, gunters. <laughs> I thought was the worst name. And Gun- that's all I'll say about that. I, every time they said, like, a real Gunter would do this, I'm like, Gunter? That's like the name of, like, an awkward German exchange student? And it's like, Gunter? I'm like, anyway, so that, that, it made me, it made me laugh every time. It's like, Gunter? Yeah. It didn't make sense, but I think they made it make, they made, made it too- normalized by the end, in my Gunters. opinion. Yeah. It's in that, it never sat quite right with me. And the last thing, some of the items they had were so self-serving to the plot. It's like, oh yeah, you know. It's the item you press to explode everyone. You're like, sorry? <laughs> There's an like any time in a plot when they just are like, by the way, here's the self-destruct button. I was like, There's a self-destruct button for every like you can just ruin everyone's day, including your own. It just seemed one of those things like, why would this exist in a world like this? Like, why is there a like wipe and it's like Fight Club, okay. Okay. Fight Club. Also haven't seen that movie. Okay. I love the book. One of my favorite books. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay. My favorite books in Kroger High School. The whole point in Fight Club, they start a thing called Project Mayhem. And they're going to topple a building to fall over and destroy the Natural History Museum as a symbolic gesture of the world starting over new. They're collapsing society because it's become corrupt. They're starting over new. In the movie, which is a pretty good movie, they change the ending and instead they're destroying a bunch of... um, credit unions to wipe out the credit debt which just wasn't the same for me but just the fact where it's like okay we're gonna wipe everything clean or there's a self-destruct but anytime that happens I was... but there were even one or two other items you're like okay this is a little much for me but i guess it goes back to the whole point of like, what what is the oasis yeah. is it a world for everyone to exist and do whatever they want or is it a place that's going to be run by a corporation and you can buy you know like, what are those those apps, those games you can get where it's like, okay, you can spend 10 weeks leveling up, or you can give us 20 bucks and we'll give you all the stuff. Oh, yeah, the free-to-play, free like pay-to-win games. Yeah, pay-to-win, pay-to-play kind of things. So I guess it, it does kind of make sense with that, but also, like, why would why would um, Halliday, like, have allowed something like that where it's like, it just didn't make sense in the framework of that. Well, I think there's two important points, and I'll try to be quick with them. The first one is all that stuff was made by modders. 
which the mm. attitude he had towards games was a very open forum. Like Minecraft. you can, yeah, you can mod it and they don't care, you know. But his was more: your mods can just be thrown into it, and the community will self-regulate, and it'll be fine. Like eventually, everything will be all right. And if you cheat somehow by like giving yourself unlimited lives, there'd be punishments, I'm sure. Sure. But um, something like that, if you could afford it, sure, why not? Because there's that moment when they're in the store and they see that, and he explains what the cataclysm is. Sure. And he's like, who would want that? You know, because it's like, who would want to just ruin everyone's fun, including your own? It kills you if you use it, Mm -hmm. you know? And they were like, "Uh, IOI, they buy everything. They're the only ones who would ever use this. Um, So that's kind of the whole, like with those things, because those things exist in a lot of those games. You know, they're just incredibly hard or incredible to get or incredibly expensive. Right. And people usually just don't use them because, like, the force field. I mean, who would want to use a force field that is completely impenetrable and no one can get into? Because the only reason to use it is if you're, like, fighting on planet Doom. Yeah, or... And then the whole reason you're there is to fight. Or if, like, you had a group of people you wanted to watch you dance on a table. Yeah. I feel like the force field would be great for that. Yeah, because it would keep (laughs) everyone in. Yeah, everyone contained. Yeah, but it's like... You know, no one who, most people in a game want, you know, just want to have fun and you have more fun when everyone else is having fun. So it kind of forces you away from these things. Mm -hmm. But those things exist in games. Yeah. Those game breaking things. And nowadays a lot of people will jump on them, but it's a usually a smaller group that jump on the like things like a cataclysm style thing that will just kill everybody, including yourself. But most people will just avoid those kinds of things. Yeah. All right. Wrap up. Any last impressions? You're, if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying you really enjoyed it and people should check it out. Oh, I definitely think everyone should check it out. I really did enjoy it. I thought the acting was really good. I thought the cinematography was really good. I thought the effects were really good. I definitely, it makes me want to go read the book, like I've mm. mentioned several times. And I really like how it portrayed gaming and the future of gaming and you know the people nerds essentially people who are really into that pop culture stuff yeah yeah i'm not quite on your level but i would definitely say i was entertained and if you're looking for something you know blockbuster had to check out i would say it's worth seeing yep head out to your local blockbuster <laughs> and check it out they don't have blu-ray so you're just gonna have to get the dvd or the vhs mm-hmm I would say this, I bet this movie would look great on a VHS. Mm, probably. I would be surprised if they didn't have some kind of collector's edition where it was some on a VHS. VHS. Yeah. Based on the movie, like the context of the movie. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they had that. Or there's some dude who's out there. I bet there's someone on the internet who puts movies onto VHS and sells them. Yeah. If you know of a guy, I want you to tweet us at at opinion havers uh what else where, where are we going to be putting this we're uh i mean i guess if you're listening to it you already have access to it yeah we're gonna try to get it everywhere on itunes and youtube the stitcher i'm trying to work on that i think it's a little more difficult mm. but i'm going to submit the form to try to get it on there okay soundcloud possibly all these all right. things. Yeah, I have to do a lot of research. We're pretty new at this. so. But it will definitely be on podcast.com and iTunes, hopefully, and YouTube. 
All right. Check us out. Message us. Let us know what you think. There's a movie you want us to review. Or if you just want to talk to us, uh, send us a message. At Opinion Havers on Twitter or The Opinion Havers on YouTube. Are we doing the opinion havers or just opinion havers? That's such a good question. We have to decide now. Because Let's talk about it right now. All right, this is the perfect moment. It is because you asked me the name, and now I'm trying to say the name, but you're giving me weird looks when I say the name. I mean, uh, opinion havers. Opinion havers on Facebook. Like, comment, subscribe, all those things. It's great. You opened your eyes real wide. Did I say something wrong that you nope. didn't appreciate? No. Well, you said YouTube before, and then you said Facebook, which is fine. Did I say Facebook? You did. Mm. Mm. We can put it on Facebook, too. I'm probably not going to, but we I don't, could. I don't, yeah. Let's, that, we'll work on that. <laughs> YouTube, Twitter. YouTube. Like Cody's personal Facebook account. My personal Facebook page. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Watch movies. <laughs>